0: Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. I hope you're all enjoying the season that we're in. There's Always something special for me personally when we start hitting the end couple of months, maybe the last six weeks of any given year. I get excited. Um, I love kind of slowing down from Thanksgiving till the end of the year because there's um, a pattern uh, for me over the last 20 years that when the new year hits, January hits, I sprint, man. I go hard. Everything is fresh for me uh, in January of every single year. And I usually spend the better part of the second half of November all the way through December kind of on cruise control. I do a lot of downtime. I try to cut back um, at the office, um, at the church, and I try to um, stay at home, try to interact with Amy, do a little fellowshipping with friends and, and do a lot of early mornings quietly in solitude with the Lord just to hear him for the upcoming year. It's not that I'm not hearing the Lord in, you know, August, September, October, and so on. Um, It's that I am, but it all starts to gel in November. And I usually have a fair amount of uh, clarity on what's going to happen at the beginning of a new year. So it's an exciting time for me. I hope that as uh, we wrap up 2021, that um, you're hearing the voice of the Lord I hope that what you're hearing is affirming and encouraging, and if it's not quite that, and it's maybe correcting or <laughs> um, challenging you, I just still hope you're hearing His voice, and I hope you'll respond to it. Um, I'm I'm going to encourage you as we approach a new calendar year. It'll be here before you know it. I mean, 2022. Good night, alive. That just blows my mind saying it, but it's going to be here, and. Um, Obviously, every year I think God has something very special for his own people. Um, but I'm feeling some strong significance prophetically on the year 2022. Um, I do believe that I'm hearing him say that 2022 is going to be heavily the year of the teacher and the fivefold ministry. You have apostle, prophet, evangelist, um, pastor, teacher. And I believe. Uh, that the year of the teacher is going to be um, heavily enunciated from heaven in the upcoming year. And I don't think it's really going to last more than a year. It may not even last the full year. But the reason why I feel like it's going to be very important in, in the first half of the year is because I, I feel like the hunger in the church for the true, holy, fiery, prophetic word from heaven Um, that hunger is building, so people are crying out for it, and what I'm hearing the Lord say is, I love your hunger, I want my people to be hungry, I want them to earnestly desire the prophetic word, but I want you grounded before I release it. What he's going to release cannot be released to people who won't steward it well. Uh, 2020 was sloppy prophecy year really 2019 and 2020 sloppy prophetic year the church in america at least did not handle the prophetic outpouring very well there was a lot of um, backtracking there was a lot of missed prophecy and personally i think there was a lot of distraction because uh, the centrality of the written word had been set aside for a few years and everything was just prophetic 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 And I think people were prophesying things that were incomplete or completely wrong. And so I think what the Lord is doing in the upcoming year is he's calling us back to a place where we are getting reacquainted, like almost determinately grounded in the written word. So to all of you who are prophetic, to all of you who are apostolic in your leadership, to all of you who love to give words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophetic words, I encourage you obey the word of God earnestly desire to prophesy, but we need to get in the Bible. You better have your Bible open because the Holy Spirit will speak to you and get you anchored and get you firmly fixed in the direction you need to go when your nose is buried in the Bible. And so I'm going to encourage some of you to to get radical, like instead of listening to podcasts, put on an audio app of the Bible and listen to the scriptures as you drive around let Holy Spirit speak to you through the Word of God that's one of the most unused formats like instead of you listening to music or podcasts constantly um, listen in your vehicle when you're driving around listen to the Word of God just go ahead and do that let the Word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom and so um, and then of course study it meditate on it pray Um, And then get under the word. Goodness gracious. I I ended the last broadcast or podcast really exhorting people to get out of churches that don't maximize and prioritize the word. And I mean that I don't care if anybody's offended by that. Um, If you're in a church that doesn't prioritize the written word of God, the teaching and preaching of the word as it is written, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. And so you've got to get not only in a prophetic community, but a community that is prophetic, that is anchored in the written word, because that's what keeps us from going adrift. So with all of this coming up in 2022, um, you know, and there'll be more. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do, but there'll be more. But I'm going to tell you, um, the one thing that I know I need is what I want to talk to you about today in in this episode of Mavericks and Misfits Um, I want to talk to you about what I'm discerning, not for the first time, as probably my greatest need, and so if I can process this externally on the podcast today, it's a little bit about what's going on in my heart, but I got a feeling it's probably worthy of you considering if you might need this same thing, Um, because I don't really know a time where we don't need this. I just think as we wrap up a, a year, I'm more aware of it in my own life, I mean, it's not it's not unusual for, for Christians, many Christians anyway, to spend time at the end of the year in what I call introspection. You're, you're ending a year, you're beginning a new one. And for me, I I don't even try to do this anymore. Like I mentioned earlier, every year around Christmas and all the way up through the month of January, probably from Thanksgiving to the beginning of January, I'm constantly, um, listening for the Holy spirit. And I almost always in December, I hear him whispering to me to me about the condition of my own soul. know, how's your heart, Jeff? What's going on in your heart? What are you aware of? What are you adrift in? What are you um, really, really pursuing with passion? What do you need a little more precision on? So this is a season for me where I, I get still and I get quiet and my priority becomes doing my best to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and usually fasting and Praying are typically a part of the process at this time every year. And I'll just say, you know, as this is beginning, we're just in the beginning of the season for 2021 as we wrap up. But the Holy Spirit's not disappointing me. He's been calling me precisely to address some, I guess, one particular ongoing stubborn patch in my heart. But he's, he's also encouraging me immensely towards spiritual maturity in some areas that were not where they needed to be um, 12 months ago. So I'm able to look back on the last 12 months and see growth. I was in a completely different ministry assignment 12 months ago. That's incredible to me. Um, and was just beginning to really sense that the Lord is saying the time is up at at my previous assignment. And so a lot's happened in a year, but he's, he's really dealing with me about, um, my heart in this issue of, um, of love. I mean, if that's not a broad topic, I don't know what is, but um, it's not so broad that I don't want to stop and stare at it for a minute and say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me about the condition of my own soul, the relationships I'm in, and how I am projecting the agape love of God the Father to people all around me, my family. The people I serve with at Church at Winder and Transforming Truth, uh, the ministry connections I have and the people I serve at the North Georgia Revival in Dawsonville, you who listen to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, Um, and of course, Transforming Truth, you know, reaches more people than I reach in any other platform. How am I loving? And so as he shepherds me, I want to make sure that I'm shepherding others and teaching others and leading others and clearly loving others others so listen just bear with me here okay just walk with me through this this may even be shorter than I normally do but just walk with me because I love the shepherding ministry of God he's a shepherd and he is still to this very day a proactive communicating and very kind leader he's God but he also functions in his interaction with his people as a leader he's leading you he's wanting to take you somewhere He's wanting to bring you out of something and lead you into something else. And so we're told not to lean to our own understanding. We're told to discern the voice of the Lord. We're told to recognize that there's a way that seems right to us as human beings. But if we're not careful, those ways can lead us even unto death. And so I want to follow the shepherd and I want to follow him deeper deeper. And a love. Here's here's the verse that's kind of capturing me right now on this topic of me personally like needing a, a, a baptism of love. First Peter 122 says this having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. So this is for Christians. That describes Christians, those who have purified their souls by their obedience to the truth. He says, Having done so, we are to seek for a sincere, brotherly love. Brotherly love. And we're to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So catch, catch these phrases. We are to, we're to be living out a sincere, brotherly love, a relational love, a relational connection, a relational unity in kindness as brothers and sisters in Christ. So it doesn't matter what our socioeconomic class is. It doesn't matter what our skin color is. It doesn't matter what our cultural leanings are we are people who have obeyed the truth and having received a purification of soul by salvation through Jesus Christ, we're to be operating in a sincere brotherly love. And that's going to be lived out by us proactively loving one another earnestly. So this is, this is kind of cap, capture, capturing me right now. That love isn't supposed to be something that I hit or miss on. It's actually supposed to be a driving force in my life. And so when it says love one another earnestly, that's the opposite of loving one another flippantly, casually, haphazardly. It's earnestly. It means we are to go after one another in love. And that love is supposed to be the hub that spins the wheel of our relationship with one another. And we're supposed to do it from pure heart. So it's in essence, it's loving one another with earnestness, with eagerness, with zeal, And we do it from a pure heart. That means we're not trying to get something out of it. It's not conditional. It's not, I'm going to love you because you've got something to offer me. It's, I'm going to love you because I can't help but to love you because I'm loved by God. So I'm, I'm pressing into the Lord for something here. You know, what am I talking about? Well, it's an overused phrase, but it's exactly what I need. And it's exactly what I want. And I hope that you want it. And I know that you need it. You may not need it as much as I do. Well, what am I talking about? already told you a fresh baptism of love that's what I'm wanting and that's what I'm needing um if I as a Christian am not growing in love but I'm growing in other things uh, those things that I'm growing in are going to ultimately prove insufficient for God's will for my life so I can grow in spiritual gifts but if I'm not growing in love I'm going to be in trouble I can grow in wisdom but if I'm not growing in love then I'm going to end up alienating people by the presumed wisdom that I'm I'm gaining Um, I can I can grow in health, wealth, and prosperity, all the externals of life, but if I'm not growing in love, none of that stuff I'm getting or gaining does any good. And so those other areas of growth are they they ultimately, apart from love, they become vehicles without fuel. Or switching metaphors, they'll become like soil without nutrients or altars without fire. And you know, you've got this stuff, you've got gifts, you've got resources, you've got stuff. But if you don't have love, you don't have the fuel you need or the nutrients you need or the fire that you need. So I'm just impacted by those words of Peter from 1 Peter one twenty two, that we're to love sincerely with a brotherly love earnestly from a pure heart. So I, it, to me, it, there's clearly a progression that Peter's revealing in his words, and it looks something like this. The first thing he talks about is obedience unto brotherly love. So obedience unto brotherly love, which is, by the way, that brotherly love in the, in the Greek is Philadelphian. Um, it's literally, this, you know, the city of brotherly love up there in Pennsylvania. Well, it comes from the Greek word Philadelphia. And um, that obedience unto brotherly love leads us into God's love, which is a different word, a different Greek word. It's translated love both times in English, but it's two different Greek words, the Philadelphia and the agape love, which is God's love. And, and so these two things are characterized as pouring forth from the Christian's heart with an undeniable intensity. So let me just ask you, is, is that how we love? Is that how you love today? Is that how you loved yesterday? Is that how you've been loving people lately? It's not an accusation because some of y'all probably have PhDs in love. I have to work hard at love because I'm, I'm, I'm not naturally wired to gush Um, that's just not the way I'm created in the, in the natural, but that doesn't excuse me from, from the call to be a loving Christian. So that's probably why I'm fixated on it because I know it's something that God is working on in me. And some of you, let's just be honest with you. Some of you struggle to love your conditional lovers. You love people that are safe. You love people that think like you, that worship like you, that have the same kind of kingdom flavor on them that you do. You love people that benefit you, but unlovable people are, that's really where we prove whether or not we're like Jesus. It's not how we love those that are easy to love or those that'll love us back. It's how do we love the unlovable? And that's why I'm telling you, I need a baptism of love because I'm, I'm in the natural, I'm a conditional lover. I tend to, I don't, I don't hate anybody, but I do avoid some people. Quit looking at me like that. You can't see me, but I know you got that look on your face because you're like, oh, that's that sounds terrible, Jeff. You're a Christian leader, you're a pastor, you're a whatever, And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still a work in progress. And you avoid people too. <laughs> you avoid them. So wipe that pious look off your face and just let me talk a little bit more. So when I've looked at you know when I've looked at the first Peter verse over the years, I've not frequently stopped to lay up my own life up against it like a diagnostic to test where my soul is. And when I do it, when I do lay that verse over me, um, guys, I'm personally able to conclude that, you know, I've obeyed the truth. I got that part down. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth. Hallelujah. I'm saved. It simply means I recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And I've accepted the message of his gospel as the foundation of my life. I've done that. Yay. Yay. I wish the verse stopped there because I get an A plus, but it, it goes on. And the result of of doing that is that I have a life of obedience. It's not perfect obedience, but I am obeying God. And so I'm living a life that is characterized by obeying God. But brotherly love is that next component. Now look, I, I love the brethren and the cistern too. Um, I love the people of God. Like I'm I'm dedicated my whole life to pouring into Christians. I love the people of God. I'm not a great evangelist. I love I love lost people, but I really, really love the people of God. And I feel like that's where I pour most of my life into. I I like doing life with other believers. You know, I like I like the local church. I always have. I'm a local church guy. I know people are down on the local church. I'm not. Um, I, I believe that the local church is the visible expression of the universal church, which is going to exist forever in heaven. And so people that have, you know, run away from the local church, I just say, you're out of the will of God. You may be discouraged. I appreciate that. It gets discouraging sometimes, but I love the local church and kindness and compassion towards other people, especially Christians. They mark my life. I don't, I don't view others as servants to me, but I want to remind myself regularly. I'm a servant to others. And granted, it's true that you and I don't always express a perfect brotherly love all of the time, but the general bend of your life as a Christian and my life as a Christian is that we are engaged and affectionate, um, towards other believers. That's just the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you is going to be drawn to the Holy Spirit and other believers. And the expression of that drawing is going to be a kindness and an affection towards other believers. Um, the 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 verse goes on i'm looking at the verse while i'm doing this by the way i'm just asking holy spirit to give me a little bit more to say on this thing um i think something that can get lost is that the brotherly love is not actually the end of the line of what's expected of us in this first peter 122 verse because peter commands that we actually love each other with god's love that's the agape love And so not only is it commanded in general, Peter tells us that it, it must actually flow from our hearts with spiritual intensity. He's not telling us to do loving things or use loving tones or wear loving smiles or employ loving cliches. Peter is commanding Christians to align their hearts so much with God's heart that sincere love, agape love, God's love is the normal product that flows forth. So, I mean, guys, that gives me pause. I'm, I'm confessing here a little bit, but I'm also trying to say, hey, if it's true with me, it might be true with five of y'all or something. I don't know. But it does. It gives me pause because this is not a natural love for even the most tender believers. Like take my wife, for instance. She's a very tender woman. She's kind. She's compassionate. But this is not really just the Lord saying through Peter's words, hey, be like Amy. He's saying to all of us and Amy, hey, be like Jesus. Jesus. Be like Jesus, because this is not a natural love. It's the agape love that is sourced in God, and none of us have it in our flesh. None of us have it on our own. So it's, it's a supernatural love, and because it's supernatural, it's always striving to produce the very best for its object. So the love of God is always seeking the highest good of the object of its love. This is a love that is constantly giving. It's constantly protecting. It's considerate. This love imparts, I mean, if you take it to the extreme in the life of Jesus, this is the kind of love that dies for the very best of the object of its love. And it can only come in our lives from us abiding in Jesus. But the verse, (laughs) the verse isn't quite done yet because, I mean, if that wasn't difficult enough, it says that we're to love with the love of God, all other people, earnestly now, that's not a word that I use in like normal day-to-day conversation, but the original Greek word describes a relentlessness, an unceasing, persevering kind of love. So it's like it's like a burrowing love. It's like just it's spinning, it's grinding out sometimes. it's just never stopping. It, it doesn't get worn out. It, a matter of fact, this is the exact same Greek word that is used to describe the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane where he experienced such an intensity in his spirit that the result was blood being pushed up through the pores of his skin. It's that kind of intensity. That's the earnestness. That's the degree of intensity that you and I are commanded to employ in our love of one another. So you see why I'm just like not casually passing it by. This is what I'm thinking on as we were wrapping up a year. This is God's unceasing love. It's his intense love, his enduring love. It's love that bleeds us. That's a good picture there. If I'm thinking about Jesus and guessing, it's it's a love that bleeds us, and so this this love is my pursuit. This is why I'm asking as I'm winding down the last several weeks of of the year. This is why I'm asking the Lord to give me a fresh baptism of love, and not a sweet, syrupy, temporary, fluffy, you know, featherbed love. That's man. That's not, that's not, that doesn't dignify the love of God. It's a ferocious, fiery, fierce love. It's a love that bleeds us. And Paul in first Corinthians 13, he basically says at the beginning of that chapter that not, not much else matters if I don't have this kind of love. He says, you can serve, you can sacrifice, you can experience all these amazing supernatural gifts You can give all your goods to the poor. You can prophesy. You can do miracles and healings and pray in tongues. But, Jeff, if it's done apart from my love, then I have to tell you it has no eternal value. And so that that grips me, man. We are so um, infatuated with gifts, signs, manifestations, you know, the dramatic, the supernatural the Instagram Christianity and the Lord's just like scanning planet earth and saying, who is growing in love? Who's willing to bleed? Who's willing to bleed for the good of the unlovable? Who's willing to endure in loving the complicated who wants to get intense in love while everybody else is building walls. And so, I'm going to ask the Father to continue to shift my heart in this area over the next 12 months or so. I mean, truthfully, I'm asking him to do it today. <laughs> I need it today. My wife needs me to be this kind of guy today. My kids need me to be this kind of guy today. My, my, my church family needs me to be this kind of guy today. And so I'm just saying, Lord, it's, it's not in my flesh. In my flesh, nothing good dwells. So my guess is that it's not going to be likely a, you know a holy zap from on high. I got a sneaking suspicion that God's going to impart this kind of love to me through many different means. But ultimately, for me to love like Jesus, I have to die to myself. That's the call. And so this is why I'm asking for a baptism of love. I I need to be buried to my incomplete Jeff love, human love, natural love. I got to be buried to that and I got to be raised in his unce- unceasing, his determined, his relentless, intense, and bleeding love. And then I got to walk that out in a newness of life. So I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Um, I think some of you it will. Will you join me? Like think about what a difference you'll make if we love like Jesus. I think if love characterizes our motivations, we might actually see more gifting, more power, more breakthrough, more deliverance. Because if, if we have all of the other stuff that Jesus had, but we don't have his love, we're not really like him. And so while gifts and power probably are like typically more desired by people, the older I get, the more I'm saying, man, I've been talking in tongues for, you know, better part of two decades now. But am I growing in love? I've been prophesying fairly, you know, regularly for a decade, but am I growing in love? I've been teaching since 1995. And you know, by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit and a lot of experience, I'm better at it now than I was then, but am I do I love better? Am I bleeding? Am I willing to bleed for you? Are you willing to bleed for those in your life? And are you, my young friend, I'm speaking man, I'm just thinking of young people right now. Are you a conditional lover? Can you love those whose theology is different than yours? Can you love those whose worship is different than yours? Can you love those who don't have the answers the same way you have the answers, but they, they have Jesus just like you have Jesus, but are you a conditional lover? So we got some room to grow. So join me as we're wrapping up this year and moving into another one by asking God to give you a fresh baptism of love. I know it's an overused phrase, but it's an underused reality. So call it whatever you want, but press in for a bleeding love, a love that bleeds for others because Jesus bled for you. Hey, listen, go to transformingtruth.org. Check out the resources there. Lots of teachings, sermons, some of them 30 minutes, some of them 45 minutes. Links to all of the social media that we put out. If you're interested in getting a copy of my book, Figuring Out As I Go, it's on the website christmas time is coming up maybe give it to somebody it talks especially if you've got people that hate religion but are curious about god that book will help them because i describe my my whole journey through getting disgusted with church as a teenager looking for life and love and the world of sin and then ultimately coming back to jesus and having powerful encounters with the holy spirit that reshaped everything for me um there's some pretty cool stuff in there and so check out figuring it out as i go you can get it off the website or you can get it at uh, amazon or wherever you buy books there's also a narrated version of it that i did on audible.com but as we approach a new year look i really want to encourage you pray hard about where you're going to church it matters where you're going to church really does man I am um, not. I don't even know who listens to this where well that's not entirely true I know we, we have listeners all over but I don't know where you are I'm not trying to get you out of your church um, I'm just saying if your church isn't preaching the word of God and pursuing the power of the Holy Spirit it's probably not the right church um, unless you're being used there as a reformer but especially if it's not preaching the word of God it's definitely the wrong church definitely the wrong church and so pray about um, where you're going to be because it matters who you run with And it matters who's leading you. And it really does matter who's shaping you. And if you've got kids, who's doing the spiritual formation on your kids. So I really want you to pray about that because as January comes around, um, you need to be in a place that you can be locked and loaded for for the upcoming year. If you live anywhere in metro Atlanta, you have my standing invitation to come and be my guest at the church at Winder. It's a unique work that God is doing here in Bethlehem, Georgia. Um, check the church website out at church at winder and um, you can find out where we are, service times, and all that. But um, really, get get proactive, get proactive, get proactive about your own soul. And you're a steward of your own spiritual growth, and uh, stop waiting for God to do things that He has called you to do. And you move. Sometimes, look, He's already moving. You know. Um, But I believe he's waiting on some of us to move. And sometimes it's a big shift and it's a big move. And when you do it in faith, you're going to be so glad you did. We'll talk to you next time on Mavericks and Misfits. God bless you. Jeff Lyle signing out for another week. See ya. To connect with Jeff, visit maverickmisfit.com, where you'll find all his social media links, video resources, his book, Figuring It Out As I Go, and his weekly Transforming Truth blog.